George Soros-funded organizations buying up conservative radio stations to silence them. Amazon and Google threatening to block Twitter if Musk opens the platform to counter opinions. Seeing a pattern yet? Well, they can try. But the truth will always find a way. And this is TNN, the Truth News Network. With your guide, Dan Newman. One of the things we'll be talking about this morning on the show is what is happening regarding criminality in the Biden administration. Now, wait a minute, Dan. We know the FBI has been investigating the Bidens, and we've got that actual bribery document the FBI is now allowing the entire oversight committee to look at and examine. We know that's hanging out there. But what else is hanging out there? Do you realize every day, When Joe Biden or any official or any individual, doesn't matter if it's an official of the government or just an American, if you even aid or abet an illegal stepping into the United States, you have committed a criminal act that is punishable by prison. Now, what we're going to do in just a few minutes, I'm going to give you the federal statutes verbatim that say Joe Biden every day commits criminal acts by having his people that work for him open the border and allowing a single illegal to cross into the United States. And nothing's happening. I haven't heard or seen a single Republican stand up and go after Joe Biden for criminal acts that he commits every day. It's happening, and nobody's doing anything about it. Well, well, well. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you about my morning so far (laughs) in just a few minutes. But I need to relax a little bit with Basha. You too.
listen to a song that's got somebody snapping their fingers. Like in that song. You know, it's a happy song. I need a happy song today. No, I'm happy. I really am happy. But more than happy, I'm joyful. And if you don't know the difference, look them up, folks. There is a difference, and I'd rather be joyful than just happy. So what kind of burr do you have under your saddle today, Dan? I don't have a burr. I'm just tired of the pontification 24-7 coming from D.C. And even in other places, capitals, governors, state legislatures, TV networks pontificating about you've got to do this. And if you don't do this, you're not a good American. You're a white supremacist. That's kind of the fallback thing now. They used to call everybody that disagreed with them a racist. But now they they took it up a notch. I mean, you're not just a racist. You're a white supremacist. I'm not. And I'm not a xenophobe. I believe strongly in immigration. That's what made this nation what it is. What is happening now is not immigration. What is it? It's illegal criminal activity that is being perpetrated at the top of our government, perpetrated and fueled and encouraged by the President of the United States, the Vice President of the United States, the majority leader in the Senate, the minority leader in the House, many people in the cabinet of President Joe Biden. And oh, by the way, chiefly among those that work for Biden that are really integral in this thing is the Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. Now, let me, let me just clear up some things here. What is legal And what is illegal regarding immigrants? Well, they're really not in the federal statute. They're not called immigrants. They're called aliens. 8 U.S. Code 1325. Here's exactly what it says. And I'm quoting the federal law. Any alien who, one, enters or attempts to enter the United States at any time or place other than as designated by immigration officers, or two, eludes examination or inspection by immigration officers, or three, attempts to enter or obtains entry to the United States by a willfully false or misleading representation or the willful concealment of a material fact, shall, for the first commission of any such offense, be fined under Title 18 or imprisoned not more than six months or both and for subsequent commission of any such offense be fined under Title 18 or imprisoned not more than two years or both. Now that's a criminal offense. The federal statute talks about improper time or place civil penalties. Let me read it to you. This is part B of the same piece of legislation. Any alien who is apprehended while entering or attempting to enter the United States at a time or place other than as designated by immigration officers shall be subject to a civil penalty of, one, at least $50, not more than $250 for each such entry or attempted entry, or two, 
twice the amount specified in paragraph one in the case of an alien who has been previously subject to a criminal, excuse me, a civil penalty under this subsection. Civil penalties under this subsection are in addition to and not in lieu of any criminal or other civil penalties that may be imposed. And there are other subsections of this law, but you need to probably write down 8 U.S. Code, paragraph 1325, titled Improper Entry by an Alien. Now, there's nothing in that statute that says that somebody can't help these people come in. It's not a criminal act for that to happen. Oh, no, 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 no. You want to hear and read what those statutes say? How about Title VIII, USC, paragraph 1324, the one right before the one we just talked about? Uh, Let me just kind of give you a summary. Alien smuggling. This criminal law makes it an offense for any person who, knowing that a person is an alien, to bring or attempts to bring to the United States in any matter whatsoever such person at a place other than a designated port of entry or place other than as designated by the commissioner, regardless of whether such alien has received prior official authorization to come to, enter, or reside in the United States, and regardless of any future official action which may be taken with respect to such an alien. And then there's a subsection regarding domestic transportation. It makes it an offense for any person who, knowing or in reckless disregard of the fact that an alien has come to, entered, or remains in the U.S. in violation of law, transports or moves or attempts to transport or move such an alien within the United States by means of transportation or otherwise in furtherance of such violation of law. The law sets out these other areas, harboring an alien, encouraging, inducing an alien. This section applies to President Joe Biden and everybody in his administration that does not stand up and demand the enforcement of federal immigration laws. Subsection 1324A, Part 1, Capital A, Little 4. That statute makes it an offense for any person who encourages or induces an alien come to, enter, or reside in the United States knowing or in reckless disregard of the fact that such coming to, entry, or residence is or will be in violation of law. Conspiracy, aiding or abetting, expressly makes it an offense to engage in a conspiracy to commit or aid or abet the commission of any of these foregoing offenses. What does all this mean, Dan? It means your president is in violation of federal statutes that come with a pretty significant fine, including, or sometimes not including, but can include a significant fine Per act, per act of aiding or abetting and also encouraging or inducing illegal aliens. How else can you describe what President Biden does? 
Alejandro Mayorkas openly talks about it on all kinds of national outlets interviews almost every day. The southern border's not open. We're just helping these people out, but you're not helping those people out according to the laws that both of you and everybody in your administration, Mr. President, and every person that was appointed by you and confirmed by the Congress to serve in this government, that is abetting and suborning, aiding illegals to come to the nation, you're in violation of a federal law for every single offense, every single illegal that is here on your watch. You are guilty, if not for any other reason, of conspiracy, aiding, or abetting. Subsection 1324 of this law. Now, we know the president is making sure that illegal acts happen every day. And some of you, when you hear this, it's like, oh, you're railing again, Dan. You're out there on a limb. Look, are you okay with the president of the United States and the vice president and members of the cabinet just willy-nilly every day at their own discretion, just thumbing their noses at the rule of law, at any law? Is that okay? If it's okay with you for that, how do you feel about, oh, I don't know, your kids, your grandkids, if you're my age? My youngest grandchild is in the eighth grade. He'll be in, in the ninth grade this coming year. How would you feel about your five-year-old being in a kindergarten class, being showed a hardcore pornographic film? during class. Well, they can't do that. That's illegal. Oh, it is. It's okay for the President of the United States to commit felony acts. The first one's not felony, but if you keep on going, it becomes a felony. The President of the United States is actually doing worse than showing your kid a porn film. He's bringing people. He's allowing people. He's aiding and or abetting Illegals that he knows some of are hardened criminals, and many of those that have come here are repeat offenders of breaking the same federal law by coming over and over again, coming back after they've been prosecuted and deported for criminal acts when they were here before. I've heard my entire life during campaigns especially, we've got to support the rule of law. I promise if you send me to D.C., I'll make sure everybody is held accountable for any illegal acts that they do. Nobody's above the law. Nancy Pelosi quotes that all the time. When she was Speaker of the House and Donald Trump was president, every day in her press meetings, and her big one that she did every Thursday, she never missed one of them without letting everybody know Donald Trump's not above the law. I guess Joe Biden is. I guess Alejandro Mayorkas is. I guess every Democrat in Congress is. And what about the Republicans? 
that don't stand up and take action according to the law that they swore they would implement and make sure everybody in the United States, especially everybody in the government, which they have oversight of, abides by the rule of law and every law, and if and when they don't, they are held accountable. Well, how do you hold them accountable? What kind of things happen to them? It's in the statute. Congress passed all of these laws, and I'm going to post them. Today, when we put up the TNN Live show, which we do every day after the show goes over, on our website, truthnewsnet.org. This show, the video, the, excuse me, the audio of the show will be titled Today's Date. Down underneath the link where you go to hear the show, I'm going to print these laws that I just read for you, and I encourage you to print them off somewhere or copy and paste in your phone. And I encourage everybody, if you want this nation to get any better, if you want us to be blessed like we have been through 240 years, most of those years, if you want those blessings and the opportunities and the good things that have happened earlier in your life and earlier in my life, if you want them to come back full circle, we're going to have to start doing the things that got us to the point where we were so blessed. What were those things? Making sure we all abided by the constitutional structure that created our nation and created our government and regulated for 200 years through laws that were crafted by representatives at the local level, elected at the local level, the state level, and the federal level to represent the people and the will of the people. But the undergirding of it all was to make sure everybody is held accountable according to the law. Everybody, top to bottom. It's almost like being kind of pregnant. (laughs) There's no such thing. A woman and no man, no biological male has ever gotten pregnant. I dare you to prove me wrong or try to prove me wrong. There's no such thing as being kind of pregnant. There's no such act being kind of legal or kind of illegal. It's black or white. And nothing we can say, nothing we allow, nothing that we ignore, nothing that is according to the statutes an illegal act, not one thing is okay. You know why? Built in the process of government, Our forefathers put them in there. There are 27 amendments to the U.S. Constitution already. And oh, by the way, we're going to talk about a governor in just a little bit that wants to add a 28th one. 27 times the nation has changed some of the tenets that were put in the U.S. Constitution by our forefathers. In most cases, just to clarify some of the original things that were in there that weren't quite clear enough. They wanted to make sure nobody had any question about it. So how much illegality is okay with you? 
I guess that's the question of the day. You can be a little bit guilty of committing a crime. No, no such thing. You either did or you didn't. Wow. We got a big show this morning. We have much to talk about. Much, much more than we've already talked about. So here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Buckle up. As we take this break, if you're going to go grab a soft drink or another cup of coffee and sit there for a little bit, I suggest you do it during this break because you're not going to want to miss anything after this. Hey, it's Garrett. The Poland Spring brand wants to provide more than 100% natural spring water and they want to make a difference. That's why they're rescuing millions of pounds of plastic and transforming them into new bottles that are 100% recycled. You can join them by pledging to recycle your bottle and for each pledge, Poland Spring will donate safe, clean drinking water to local communities in need. Go to PolandSpring.com forward slash pledge to find out more. Select sizes only 20 up 700 milliliter, 1 liter and 1.5 liter size bottles. Little Caesars Thin Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring six forty nine in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesars. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesars Large Thin Crust Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just six forty nine. Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices at participating locations plus tax. This is your home. This is your family room slash gym. The guest bedroom slash music studio. The day bed slash dog bed. The living room slash yoga shanti slash regional office. How did you guys do it? Slash classroom. And this is the basement slash panic room. Maybe what your family needs is a vacation home slash vacation home. Find yours on the Verbo app. Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with sun-made snacks, just like when you were a kid. Remember their naturally sweet raisins? Yup, still delicious. And so are Sunmate's other snacks, like creamy yogurt-covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and Sunmate's new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious, all made with whole fruit. Sunmade snacks. Captain Ride. Well, yeah, I'm all amped up today. Let me tell you how my day started today. Pretty much part of this, most of this I'm about to tell you, is an everyday thing, Monday through Friday. I get up, if I'm not already up, I get up about 5.30. 5.25 actually is when my uh, watch is set to go off. And I'll get dressed. I either jump on my Harley or jump in my car And I head to our church because it's 6 a.m. sharp. Me and a pastor from our church, every Monday through Friday, we do a 30-minute on Facebook online prayer meeting in which we talk about scriptural things, some of the big things going on in each day, in each week, that directly impact Christians and how to handle it. It's only exactly 30 minutes long. I jump back in my car or on my motorcycle. I come to the house And almost every day for the last six years, every work day, a good friend comes over to our house 
and we share coffee at 7 o'clock. We sit and talk. We just communicate with each other. We pray together sometimes. Uh, he's I'm a, I'm a mentor to this guy. We've been doing this for six, seven years. And then he leaves for work about 10 minutes until 7 o'clock. No, until 8 o'clock, I'm sorry. And typically then, I've, uh, I always prepare the structure, the skeleton of the, each show. And if I'm doing the writing for an article, I do all of that the night before. But then I go into the studio and I catch up. I bring everything up to speed that happened overnight. And then we do the show. Well, this morning, I was so on fire, so energetic. When I got home, we had our coffee. And after coffee, I had 40 minutes, and I needed to mow my yard. We just had a big part of our yard resodded with St. Augustine grass. For some reason, what was there wasn't growing really well and hadn't been able to mow the yard. We don't have a very big yard, but it's a yard. And I told Marianne, I've got just enough time to quickly mow edge and weed eat the yard, blow it off, blow the sidewalk and the street off, and jump in the shower before the show. And I did all of that, and I came into the studio. I had 20 minutes to spare. So I've been up for a while. (laughs) I've been busy for a while. And all the time I was doing that, I'm a thinker. I never waste time. I don't consciously say, hey, I'm going to think about this because I don't want to waste any time by not doing something constructive. But my mind's always racing. And so as I mowed and I began to think about all of the stuff that's going on in our government, and it's not just immigration, and it really, we're talking about something today that has nothing to do with immigration. If it's immigration, it's legal. It's an illegal alien invasion. Now, in the Constitution and in federal statute, there's no mention of the term illegal immigrant or any kind of immigrant other than the ones that come, a million of them, about a million every year, legally immigrate to the United States and become legal citizens of the United States. That term, immigrant, applies to those people. The ones that are flooding across the Joe Biden border, they're aliens, illegal aliens, by federal statute. The left have just dumbed it down to make it sound more plausible and acceptable. But it's illegality. Now let me give you the numbers. We are told that 107,000 more migrants, I'm I'm not going to say the word anymore, migrants are immigrants, aliens, 107,000 more aliens in the three weeks after the removal of the Title 42 border barrier on May 12th, at least 107,000 more have crossed. And they use the term in reporting the numbers, at least, because we don't know how many really showed up on top of those 107,000. If that continues all year, the official southern inflow across the Mexican border would bring roughly 1.7 million migrants in 2023, or roughly one wage-cutting, rent-spiking alien for every two American births. 
every two babies that are born, one alien is waved in, patted on the back, and given a bunch of freebies, a place to live, food to eat, health care, free health care for every two American babies. The number rises above 2 million if the stealthy inflow of so-called gotaways is counted. None of this is okay. Yet, Democrats insist that Biden's semi-open border policy, semi-open border, who the heck devised that term? Democrats are telling us it's working, mostly by comparing the new data to the chaotic rush of 10,000 aliens per day just before the Title 42 barrier was lifted. You remember why those 10,000 were coming in every day? Because Biden had told them, hey, get set. On your mark, get set. Title 42's coming up. Hey, go. And they were all hanging down there on the south side of the border waiting for Title 42 to be lifted. Unlawful entries between ports of entry along the southwest border have decreased by more than 70% since May 11. That's from a June 6 statement from guess who? Alejandro Mayorkas, Secretary of Homeland Security. Statement didn't talk about the rush of migrants before May 11. And then that brain surgeon that runs the press operation in the White House, Carrie Jean-Pierre, quote, unlawful boarding crosses are down. They're down by 70%, she claimed on June 7th, yesterday. We've seen a month where border numbers are down over 70% from their peak. That's from Indian-born Representative Pramia Jayapal from Washington in a hearing yesterday. As Politico put it, she said, It is the migrant crisis that still hasn't arrived. And then, of course, the Democrats, whenever they say it, they've got the compliant media out there that they just look and listen, and then they just repeat everything the Democrats are saying publicly. As border crossings dip, Biden administration crows about the fiasco that never happened. That's from Politico yesterday. The Democrats spin. It helps their allies hide the continued inflow of illegal aliens through the various quasi-legal loopholes that are being created by pro-migration Mayorkas. He has no authority to approve anything that goes against federal statute. In fact, when he does it, every illegal that comes in from Alejandro Mayorkas's policies He is liable and is guilty of, by statute, federal criminal criminal violation himself. Each violation. So if we had 17,000 come across the southern border on his watch, he didn't try to stop them. He didn't try to turn them back. He didn't turn them back. He committed 17,000 federal criminal acts. Aiding and abetting is what the statute calls it. During 22 days from May 11th to June 2nd, the border agency registered 3,700 unscheduled encounters every day. That's a new term they came up with for people who are arrested as they cross the border. 
unscheduled encounters. They're illegal aliens by law. That daily inflow added up to 81,400 migrants in 22 days. 81,000. Another 1,070 migrants signed up each day for scheduled arrest via the CBP-1 cell phone app. That's where you can get on the cell phone and you can schedule to show up. Hey, we've been expecting you. You come in and they're going to arrest you. That added another 23,540 that came in in just 22 days. Mayorkas said hello and welcome to another 23,000 through the airport parole route. These migrants were flown in from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Again, Alejandro Mayorkas. That inflow adds up to 107,000 registered and released migrants in 20 days. If the rate stays the same, the administration will welcome 1.7 million illegal aliens in one year. And let me just say this. I'm not a seer. I'm not a prophet. I'm not one of those people that, you know, I can dream and dream and it comes true. You think 1.7 million is the number? If you are, you've been smoking something early this morning. (laughs) We'll hit 1.7 million in the first six months after Title 42 ended, I promise you. So after releasing these illegals, Mayorkas' agency uses taxpayer funding. How they they got to operate buses. They've got a bus network. It's in place to move the usually poor illegals to the jobs and homes that are also sought by, you know, those minions that live around us. We call them Americans. The administration's plan is working as intended. Homeland Security Secretary declared that yesterday. Running for president, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he tweeted this this morning. At 2 a.m. this morning, I visited the border outside of Yuma, Arizona, where thousands of migrants are crossing the border each week. You have to see it with your own eyes. And in an interview, he said it was far worse than he thought it could ever be. The core issue is that Mayorkas and his allies, they want to bring in more poor, more diverse illegals, aliens, for what they're calling economic and equity reasons. Forget about the law. Oh, ho, ho, ho. no, you can't claim as a reason to be uh, given entry, legal entry, and to be able to stay in the United States. You can't say the economy's bad in my nation. That doesn't work. Economic issues and so-called equity reasons, there's no provision in U.S. immigration law that makes it okay for those to be justification to let people in. They ignored the abundant evidence of the huge pocketbook and civic damage that they are causing blue-collar and white-collar Americans and their communities and their inflow numbers are scheduled to go up and keep going up. For example... Mayorkas, he's already announced that he's going to increase Border Patrol 
inflow to 1,250 per day or an additional 72,000 people each year. Mayorkas announced that. Not Congress, Mayorkas. He's also announced he plans to bring in 100,000 left-behind children and spouses of illegal aliens from Central America. Officials in his department, him, anybody else in the Biden administration, nobody's explained any legal justification for recruiting illegal migrants under a so-called family reunification plan that is not legal. It's not in the law. In fact, the law says doing what Mayorkas is doing there is a violation of federal criminal law. Can you tell Dan is a little bit PO'd about this today? No, I'm not a little bit PO'd. I haven't even looked to see how our audience is today. There's a bunch of you out there. Apparently, if you stayed this long, you must agree with the tenor tenor of this conversation. But let's move on. Let's get away from immigration, which is really not immigration. (laughs) Uh, We call it border criminality. It's going to keep going until Joe Biden is removed. Yesterday in our first words our editorial that we do some days when we start the show. I made it very, very clear. Joe Biden is not fit to be president of the United States in any sector of being president. He doesn't fit any longer if he ever fit. And somebody in government has got to take steps before something even worse than we've watched happen on his watch occurs, we could be in a war in a matter of days for things that Joe Biden has done that we don't know about, we suspect, and our oversight, House Oversight Committee is on top of it, finding some things out that have been going on. If I was a betting gambling man, and I'm not, but if I was, I would place a huge bet that Joe Biden is being blackmailed by Xi Jinping or other Chinese Communist Party officials because of what they have done in giving him money illegally, bribe money. That would explain why he's gone soft there. That will explain about Russia, why he's doing nothing. Vladimir Putin is a thug. Vladimir Putin blackmailed all of Europe about oil when Joe Biden shut down the United States sending, exporting oil to our neighbors and our fellow members of the military operation. We worked together to make sure Canada and then Europe are taken care of and protected. And then there's the other departments of the Biden administration, the FBI. It's been confirmed. They asked Twitter to censor accounts that it accused of spreading Russian disinformation. The FBI. This is a fact. It happened. And those accounts include a number of American and Canadian journalists. That's according to new emails released through the Twitter files. It started in December of 2022, shortly after his takeover of the company, 
when Twitter owner Elon Musk opened up an archive of the company's internal communications to a bunch of different journalists, showing coordination between the feds and Twitter on hard, cold censorship. There's no other word that you can use to describe it better than that. One released email dated March 27th last year shows that FBI Special Agent Alexander Kobazanitz passing a list of accounts on to Twitter that was compiled by Ukraine's intelligence agency, the SBU. According to Kobazanitz, the accounts were suspected by the SBU in spreading fear and disinformation. The email contained an SBU-drafted memo with a list of accounts asking Twitter to, quote, take urgent measures to block these Twitter accounts and provide us with user data specified during registration. One of the journalists named in the memo, if Twitter grants the request, the journalist would have had their phone number, date of birth, and email address disclosed both to the FBI and to SBU. Yoel Roth who was the head of Twitter's Trust and Safety Department, said that the company would look at review the accounts, but expressed concern that SBU named journalists in Western countries as agents of disinformation. Roth noted that the list included, quote, a few accounts of American and Canadian journalists and said that Twitter would focus on rule violations and inauthentic behavior. In general, though, he said, Authentic news outlets and reporters who covered the conflict with a pro-Russian stance are unlikely to be found in violation of our rules, absent other contexts, that might establish some kind of covert or deceptive association between them and some government. This is Roth, Joel Roth speaking. Any additional information or context in those areas, of course, welcome and appreciate it. And by the way, Twitter's not the only big tech platform that has been subject to these requests. The FBI also tried to get Facebook to censor the same users on behalf of Ukraine. Which begs the question, what does Ukraine have on President Joe Biden? What kind of information does Volodymyr Zelensky have about President Biden. You know there's something there because Biden, among other things, he keeps sending money. No real justification. None of it goes through Congress. There's no oversight. There's no accountability. Where's the money spent? Is the equipment going, all of the machinery, the weapons, is all of that going to the cause, the righteous cause, for the Ukrainian people to protect their nation against the invaders, Vladimir Putin's thugs from Russia. A lot of unanswered questions, a lot of things out there that are just too hard to believe and accept that they could be happening in the United States of America. Let's move on. Let's talk for a second about Donald Trump. There's never been anybody in American history that has been attacked by its own government like Donald Trump has been from the very beginning. From the very beginning, Donald Trump has been attacked again and again 
and again by the government. Even when he was the president of the United States, people that worked for him in the Department of Justice, the FBI, they went after him. He was impeached twice. We had the Mueller investigation. We had Russia, 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 all of those put together and so many more. And he's under siege again. Everybody thinks, and as I watch these candidates check in, the new ones almost daily that are announcing they're running for president, um, I listen to what they say. And it's, it's almost comical because every one of them wants to slip under and take control of the implementation of the Make America Great Again policies and kind of make everybody feel like, you know, I'm the one that can make this get better, take it to the next level. Not the guy who, you know, the one that invented it because he's a bad guy. He's mean. He calls people names. I have conversations almost daily about Donald Trump's messaging, the problem people have with his messaging. Nobody wants to talk about problems of substance, of things that he's done wrong. Of course, we have the left out there. Oh, they're going, they're going after him for the classified document debacle down at Mar-a-Lago. In fact, mainstream media put out a falsehood yesterday saying the special counsel that was appointed to investigate the former president for violating classified document handling, he's going to be indicted. He was notified today that he's going to be indicted. Nothing like that has happened. But you know what? Facts don't matter to these people. Truth doesn't matter to these people. They know the winds of politicization has been accepted by millions, tens of millions of people. And tens of millions of Americans have just abandoned a hunger for facts and truthfulness. Too much trouble to go find it. You can't trust any of these big news agencies because they're all in the tank for one side or the other. Nobody's out there just giving us the facts anymore. And yeah, there are people out there besides us that do it, but there are too many for people to surf through and finally find one that fits the narrative that they want to hear, which is basically just give us one, two, three, four, five, six. There are the facts. Go verify those or disprove them for yourself. No, everybody in media wants to pontificate. Here's what we say the truth is. Now, let me explain to you what that means. That's where mainstream media is today. So in the middle of all of this, yesterday, out of the clear blue, the Trump campaign released an ad. An ad released by the Trump campaign. You want to hear it? Here's a question for you. Just how far are the radical left and inside the Beltway bandits willing to go to stop him? They all know they hate him for winning the fight to protect life, for exposing their deep state, for draining their precious swamp. And they already know he'll crush Biden. So like a pack of rabid wolves, they attack. So let's impeach him. Let's get tainted radical left prosecutors to charge him. Let's conspire with Hillary and the FBI with fake stories about him. 
all to distract from Biden's incompetence, weakness, and money-grabbing corruption. But here's the thing. He'll never blink. That's called having the courage of your convictions. And it's why he's our president. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. That is pretty right on and pretty hard-hitting and and pretty much in your face. I don't know why my phone keeps ringing. I know you can't hear it or you shouldn't be able to hear it. I apologize if you did. Uh, it's people. I don't know if it's robocall or if it's people that are actually trying to reach me. But if it's important, we'll call back. Trump is one of those guys that he seems to not be phased by things. Maybe it's because he has been dealing with evil people, bad people for so long. He just he just lets it run off like uh, like water. Same thing happening again. I guess if it's really really important, someone will send me a text. Here's the thing: everybody that knows me knows that uh, for two hours every day, from nine to eleven a.m. Central, I am. Uh, in the middle of TNN Live. Oh, well, talking about Trump again. Yeah. He just keeps trucking. And everybody just thinks he's got to be guilty of some criminality. He's got to be. Nobody can be successful like he's been without cheating, without performing illegal acts of some kind. And so they just throw any any kind of uh, allegation that comes up, they just throw it at him, hoping that something will stick. The latest, and I'm, I may offend some of you, but the latest is coming from the former vice president of the United States, Mike Pence. Now, let me, let me just t- give you a little background about Mike Pence. He served in the U.S. Congress, then he became the governor of Indiana, and then, of course, he was chosen to be the running mate for Uh, Donald Trump in 2016, they won the election. He functioned as a really good vice president. He was, on the most part, supportive of the Trump ideals and helped implement the Make America Great Again, um, made that whole process, implemented it, helped implement it. And then it came down to the January 6th thing, and we began to see who Mike Pence really was. He's really, really shrewd. He's a good politician. I don't know him. I've never met him personally. I've heard a lot of good things about him. I've heard a lot of bad things about him. Typically, if you know me, you can judge in at least small part to the kind of person I am by knowing who I hang around with, who are my allies, You know what I'm talking about. You know who Mike Pence's best friend is and has been for many, many years? Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan was a congressman from Wisconsin. He became the Speaker of the House. He helped Donald Trump and Mike Pence to get elected president and vice president. But then Paul Ryan, remember, he was the failed vice presidential candidate running with Mitt Romney against Joe Biden as vice president and Barack Obama as president for re-election in 2012. Ryan then became the House Speaker 
for the first two years of the Trump administration. He is the epitome of the term rhino, Republican in name only. He is part of the cabal, um, the movers and shakers, the ones that control the Republican Party, the old Republican Party. Let me give you an idea of who have been numbered under that. Bush 43, Bush 41. Um, those are starters. I'm trying to think of the late ones. People that have been in power. A lot of people think Newt Gingrich at one time numbered among the Rhino group, but I don't think he does. I think he's a uh, an individual, a self-thinker, and I think he is for the rule of law and the political system but he doesn't think the sun sets and rises every day based upon the thoughts and the whims of the Republican Party. There's becoming a huge middle ground between Republicans and true conservatives, and it's becoming more and more obvious. It's like kiss the ring of whoever is in charge in the Republican Party. If you're a true conservative, you've got to be a Republican. I'm not Republican. I'm not registered as a Republican or a Democrat. In Louisiana, I'm a registered independent. And that means even if we have closed primaries, which we don't, Louisiana used to, but we don't now. But even if we did, I could vote in any primary, Democrat or Republican. But I do it because my ideology is conservative. I am a true conservative. So let's circle back to the conversation that began with Mike Pence, who's officially thrown his hat in the ring. He's running for president. If you read our stories, you know exactly what I'm about to go to. I'm going to part one of a three-part series. Part one was published this morning. The title of it is Judas Pence joins Aaron Burr and Benedict Arnold. Part one. Now that sounds uh, a little tough, Dan. <laughs> Judas Pence joins Aaron Burr and Benedict Arnold, part one. Now what's that all about? The series was written by, I guess, our number one guest contributor, Kelly Nelson. She's a scholar. She is a very, very conservative individual. I've known her for long times. She has a very, very strong history of supporting conservative ideology and those people that really are conservative. And she refuses to be quiet. She speaks her mind continually. And I have a lot of respect for her for doing that. You don't need to miss this three-part series. As I said, the first part is live right now. Judas Pence joins Aaron Burr and Benedict Arnold, part one. Tomorrow, part two is going live at 1.45 a.m. Mike Pence, water boy for the deep state, part two. And then part three is published on Monday, this coming Monday, the title is Satan's Minions, The Financiers of Michael R. Pence. Very, very abrasive, the titles, 
but the meat with documentation and sources are there. I wrote a forward to today's article, again titled, about Mike Pence. And uh, in just a second, I'm pulling it up. I want to read you uh, that forward. I thought I had the right file open, but I don't. Dadgummit, I hate it when that happens. Okay, here's what I wrote for you this morning. As all know, former Vice President Mike Pence has officially declared for the presidential nomination in 2024. Pence is well-known by some people. But, just as with all politicians, Pence has a lengthy history in politics. It may surprise you to discover that history is not so stellar and certainly not flawless. We all deserve to know the facts, unfettered and apolitical facts about Pence. Kelly Nelson has created a three-part series of stories that include a deep dive into the past of the former vice president. Today, we publish part one of this three-part series. Here's a warning. What you are about to read is eye-opening and will discount much of what you've heard about Mike Pence. Please know that Kelly Nelson never authors any piece that is not fully vetted at the highest levels. Parts two and three of this series will be published tomorrow, Friday, and then on Monday. Make sure you read the forward again, but read the whole story. And it's one of those that you don't want to just read once. You want to read it twice because you're going to miss something. You're going to leave something out. Now, let me me just say this. Everybody that's listening right now, you know me. You know who I am. You know what I'm about. You know where I come from. You know where I live and how I live. I'm 69 years old. I'll be 70 next month. I've got a lot of history in my wake, public history. None of us are perfect. None of us don't ever make mistakes. None of us do. I don't care who you are or what you say. You have messed up. We all have. But it's not the fact that people make mistakes. It's what they do after they make mistakes. And so... I can promise you this. I've made mistakes, but I've come back and fixed them. And when I needed to change something, alter my life, I did just that. I encourage you, anybody that comes forward that you think has some credibility, check them out. Talk to people that know them. Find out the real things, not what they may say or write or do especially about people running for president, especially Mike Pence. Talk to Dan. Call 1-866-37-TRUTH. TNN Live. The Truth News Network. Cars today are computers on wheels. That's it. Uh, The fancy new tech makes our life easier in the car, but when something breaks... 
Can you afford to fix the touchscreen display or the sensor, which can cost thousands of dollars? Most likely, no. That's why I have CarShield, and it takes away the worry and the panic of the expensive repair that you know is coming. CarShield, their protection plans can save you thousands for covered repairs, including everything from an engine, transmission, GPS, electronics, and more. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary roadside assistance and a rental car. It's inevitable something's going to break. It happens to everybody, including me. So get coverage from America's number one auto protection company like I did and find out why CarShield cars go farther. Rates are as low as $99 a month, so visit carshield.com. Use the promo code iHeart to save 10%. That's carshield.com, promo code iHeart. Deductible may apply. I love a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> I love finding good deals like this because this Fritos Chili Cheese Junior Wrap is 99 cents. I feel like they just marked it wrong, but I'm not telling. Right. Sonic Fritos Chili Cheese Junior. In a world where a president can be censored by social media in his own country, you need a break from the madness. Your doctor of sanity again, Dan Newman. We were just talking about some of the differences between um, some so-called conservatives and other people that, even though they may be Republicans, they may not be so conservative. Let me give you an example. Now, nobody in their right mind would would argue or try to argue that President Biden is conservative, but he's been known for almost his entire political career as being a true moderate, which means stands in the middle, leans a little bit to the Democrat side, but will go to the conservative side, the Republican side of issues, if and when he deems it necessary. In other words, he's flexible. He's not driven by politicization, which in this administration is horse hockey. That's what drives his boat. So everything that comes up, every piece of legislation that he gets involved in, the first thing me and many other conservatives think is what's really going on for what he's doing and why he's doing it. Let me tell you something that popped up overnight. This should scare every American. China and Cuba have reached a secret agreement for China to establish an electronic eavesdropping facility on Cuba, the island, in a brash new geopolitical challenge by Beijing to the U.S., Now, this is coming from U.S. officials that are in our classified intelligence agencies. This eavesdropping facility in Cuba, roughly just 100 miles from Florida, if it happens, it would allow Chinese intelligence services to scoop up our electronic communications across the southeastern U.S., where many military bases are located, and they'll be able to monitor U.S. ship traffic from there. Officials familiar with the matter said that China has agreed to pay cash-strapped Cuba several billion dollars, billion with a B, to allow it to build the eavesdropping station, and that the two countries had already reached an agreement in principle. The revelation about the planned site has sparked alarm within the Biden administration because of Cuba's proximity to the U.S., Washington regards Beijing as its most significant economic and military rival. You think? 
a Chinese base with advanced military and intelligence capabilities in the U.S.'s backyard could be an unprecedented new threat. While I cannot speak to this specific report, we are well aware of and have spoken many times to the People's Republic of China's efforts to invest in infrastructure around the world that may have military purposes, including in this hemisphere. That came from John Kirby, spokesman for the National Security Council. We monitor it closely, the Admiral said, take steps to counter it, and maintain confident that we are able to meet all our security commitments at home, in the region, and around the world. Yada, 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 yada. Political pontification. There's no meat on that. U.S. officials described the intelligence on the planned Cuba site, apparently gathered in recent weeks, as convincing. <laughs> they said the base would enable China to conduct signals intelligence, known in the espionage world as SIGINT, SIGINT, S-I-G-I-N-T, which is SIGINT signals intelligence, which could include the monitoring of a range of communications, including emails, phone calls, and even satellite transmissions. The Chinese embassy in Washington had no comment. Cuba's embassy didn't respond to a request for comment either. Officials declined to provide more details about this proposed location of the listening station or whether construction had begun. It couldn't be determined what, if anything, the Biden administration could do to stop it from happening. Here's the thing. They can't do anything. There's only one way that China would have been stopped, and that would have been if somebody was sitting in the Oval Office at 1600 Pennsylvania that they felt like would be willing to and able to stand up against them and stop them politically from building a military presence inside of 100 miles from the United States of America mainland. That certainly is not Joe Biden. The former president, however, Xi Jinping would have never tried to do anything like this because he knew Donald Trump would stop it from happening. Why doesn't the consensus in America fall on that side of the political spectrum, understanding and believing that the politicization the foreign policy politicization that comes out of the White House is one of the most, if not the most important things that any president sets when they take office and perpetuate while they're in office. Everybody that knows anything about foreign policy, Bob Gates wrote in his book, former CIA director, former Secretary of Defense, he wrote in his book, Joe Biden has, in the last 30 years, not made one correct foreign policy decision about anything. And look at what has happened in his presidency. I can't think of a single foreign policy decision that he's made that's been the right one. That should really concern every American. Every American. So, here we are. We're trying to muddle through and find out what's going on and make some good decisions with it. Meanwhile, our immigration stuff, it continues to go on. 
Ron DeSantis, the Florida government presidential candidate, he's gotten in the brain of California's Governor Gavin Newsom, and it happened again when Governor DeSantis sent a flight of illegal migrants to Canada, excuse me, to California, and believe me, it's on. Here's from the morning show on Fox News, a little bit about that Gavin Newsom immigrant flight to California, and also Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is hammering Joe Biden. Ah, he's a he's a candidate, a Democrat Party candidate. So you would think he would go after the sitting president. Listen closely to this. All right, we begin in a very familiar place with the border crisis. The office of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis confirming they arranged two migrant flights that arrived in Sacramento, California. California is now investigating and the state attorney general and the governor there, Gavin Newsom, are threatening <laughs> kidnapping charges. I'm sure that'll stick. Holy cow. Peter Ducey live at the White House with details. That's a new one. Ron DeSantis kidnapper? Uh, that is a new one. We'll see how it plays on the campaign trail. Uh, but here's what happened. There were all these questions yesterday about how these migrants wound up in California. Officials in Florida said they sent them on aircraft. And we've got this video that shows these migrants signing waivers. Officials are telling us that these are waivers uh, where these migrants say they are going voluntarily west. But that is not so according to California's Governor Gavin Newsom. He tweeted, Ron DeSantis, you small, pathetic man. This isn't Martha's Vineyard. Kidnapping charges, and then he attached to his tweet the kidnapping statute. That's his officials here at the White House look at the immigration picture broadly, and they dispute that things are that bad, at least relative to a few weeks ago. What I can speak to is what we have seen uh, these past couple of weeks since Title 42 has been lifted. We have seen uh, we've seen uh, legal uh, migration go down, go down significantly. And that's because of the plan that this president has put forward. The border has long been a Republican campaign talking point. Now it is a Democratic one, too. Coming at the White House from the left is RFK Jr., who said, at 2 a.m. this morning, I visited the border outside of Yuma, Arizona, where thousands of migrants are crossing the border each week. You have to see it with your own eyes. Hashtag Kennedy 24. President Biden does not really engage with his primary opponent very much. In fact, he doesn't really engage with any general election talk these days either. And he doesn't really have much going on today. The only thing on the schedule is a lunch private lunch with the vice president Kamala Harris although for a president who talks a lot about extreme climate issues it would be surprising if he does not address the thick smoky haze that awaits him outside the window when he wakes up back to you well you know Peter he doesn't talk to primary candidates opponents uh, he doesn't talk to the press he doesn't talk to you except when you yell at him and uh, always happy to have a chance to yell at him. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, sometimes he yells back. Sometimes he does. All right, Peter, yeah. thank you very much. That's considered yeah. a one-on-one -on -one interview these days. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he does not do press conferences. Good with that. All right, he does not do one-on-one -on -one interviews, doesn't do much press conferences. He stops his day at 4 o'clock, starts at 10, and no one likes to bother him on the weekends. Bankers I love hours. that job. But it, the video is funny when all the reporters are yelling questions at him, and he just smiles. smiles. 
And I, it makes me laugh every time. I, I, I don't. It gets me I, aggravated. It makes me mad, too. I mean, he should be answering the questions. But yeah. his reaction is just, you can't help but right. be like, are you kidding but, me? But this is almost, our president. But it's almost smug saying, you yeah, can't do anything totally, about it. Totally. Yes. Right? And he gets away with it. Uh, the cover of the New York Post, look at this. It's the Adams family, and the story is <laughs> what about... What a clever title. Yeah, I know. The story is that the mayor here in New York City says, you know what? I'm going to look into seeing whether or not I can have a family of migrants stay at Gracie Mansion with me, if it's possible, and just invite him in. Well, because he's saying, he asked, he asked all of the New Yorkers, he said, if you have a spare bedroom, open right. it up to the migrants in right. your house. I'll give you $40. I'll give you, I'll give you money, and then maybe sure. if you're worried about your mortgage payment, this will help. Because Gracie is apparently a sanctuary mansion. Uh, there you can see some more migrants come in in the last couple of weeks. The the. I, I held up the New York Post because inside on the op-ed page, they've got a great article. And the headline is RFK Jr., which Peter was just talking about, has the White House sweating and rightly so. They go into write, more of it is the record inflation, soaring gas and energy costs and declining real wages. Plus the border nightmare, botched uh, Afghan uh, bug out and rising racial, social, and political division. All problems that Biden's fed when he hasn't directly caused them. Sure, Biden's allies, allies may take down RFK by harping on his oddest views, and he does have some, but that won't stop the challenger from flagging Joe's disasters. And plenty of Democrats will flock to a guy who vows to seal the border whatever else he says. And so you got RFK going to the southern border, unlike our president, who I think has been there once. Yeah, and the article talks about how well he's doing in the polls. I mean, mm -hmm. granted, he doesn't have the numbers like like Biden, but he's given him. It's just shocking that someone else would run against the incumbent and get 20% at this point when we're more than a year out. Um, and then he also goes to the border and says, we should have closed the borders. We should expand immigration. He told John uh, Katsimatidis that on WABC7. Right, uh, yeah, WBC 77 uh, uh, AM oh, radio. 770? Yeah, 770. Uh, he was actually fighting for AM radio yesterday on Capitol Hill. The Cats Roundtable? Yes. Uh, so RFK Jr. comes out and says, here he is, 2 in the morning. This is what I'm seeing outside Yuma with thousands of migrants across him. Got it. So this guy, Aaron Reichland, writes this. Kennedy's claim that most migrants never seen or heard from again because they're supposed to check in mm -hmm. is a falsehood. Nothing could be further from the truth. Migrants overwhelmingly fulfill their obligations. And then Bill Malusian, after he's getting done filling in for Bill Hammer, tweeted this out in reply. The notice to report process was discontinued that he was referring to. Uh, they were asked to check in with ICE in a city of choosing within 60 days. There were no-shows. The process is a failure. Go ahead. Challenge Bill Malusian on the reality on the border. And this is what's called, whatever you think RFK, if he wants to know what's wrong, he goes and sees it. If you asked him about vaccines, the biggest debate over the last two years, he studies it. He wrote a book about Anthony Fauci before we really knew anything about Anthony Fauci outside his work that he was reported to have done for AIDS. So if you want to know where he stands, he's against the Ukraine war. Uh, you know what, at the border. Why? Well, he has his son fighting in the Foreign Legion that gives him reports. So I don't care what you think. At least he's hands-on to find well, out the answer. 
refreshing, too, is to see that video of him at the border. Instead of every Democrat that you talk to too scared to say that they don't like what's going on at the border right. because they, in their mind, think they have to be talking points, have the talking points of all the progressives. Mm -hmm. And so it's refreshing to see a moderate, common-sense Democrat actually going down there with the border wall behind him. He doesn't have to go along with everything the progressives say and right. tell him to say. And that's what we we thought we were going to get opposite with Joe Biden. We thought it was going to be a moderate. A lot of people said it's a referendum on well, Trump. That's how he ran. Had, that's how he ran. And then he changed on day one, closed down the pipeline, changed so much for all of us, and refuses to go down to the border. Do you know what? You know what else he's doing? He, there's a story today out that he's telling Pentagon uh, vendors, if you want to sell us any equipment, you have to tell us your carbon footprint. So not only are we not getting the best planes quickly, the best rockets effectively, uh, the best systems uh, in the most expeditious way possible, they have to first be green uh, friendly. How right. crazy is and that? And did you see that well, builders can't get transformers now because yeah. of his green energy? So if you're building a house, you can't connect to the grid right now. They're having problems is, with that. Is that insane? He's going after your ovens and your furnaces. And he's now telling the Pentagon when we can't even arm right. Taiwan with contracts that have been ordered two years ago, he's going to gum it up even worse by putting ridiculous green restrictions on the missiles out to right. take out our enemies. Can you believe all of that? <laughs> Our nation is economically, politically, foreign policy, pretty much the worst shape it's been in, in my generation. And my generation includes the Jimmy Carter administration. Joe Biden is sinking the ship. The good ship USA. <laughs> we, we, we've got the Chinese are opening up and bragging about opening up and eavesdropping whole operation in Cuba, less than 100 miles from our border. They're going to be surveilling all of the electronics of the United States of America, at least on the southeastern portion of the U.S. That's going on. We have Russia in Ukraine. We can't even take care of our own energy needs, which were being taken care of quite handily when Joe Biden won the 2020 election. We were energy independent for the first time in decades, and he changed all of that. <laughs> and he's worried about all of these things that we've got. We're, he's worried about our stoves. Oh, my God. What is this world coming to? <laughs> it gets worse, and you're not going to believe this. We have a governor that is proposing the 28th Amendment to the United States Constitution. We've got that and more. This is just getting good, isn't it? How hard is it to unlock your car? Not hard. How hard is it to shut your car door? Not hard. How hard is it to start your car? Not hard. How hard is it to put your seatbelt on? People are still dying in car accidents because they were not wearing a seatbelt, which is stupid because it's not that hard. Smarten up, buckle up. Think road safety. A message from the Government of South Australia. Long live the courageous. Tenacious. The ones who push forward. 
and give back. Long live the greater good. The helping hand. Those who fall and get back up. And long live the truck with the strength to overcome. The will to outwork. And the commitment to outlast them all. Ram, proven to last. What is Coca-Cola? Is it an excuse to get together? Since 1886, Coca-Cola has been passing on smiles from generation to generation. We've been giving kids scholarships, like the early birds and the all-nighters. And you get to enjoy what matters most. Coca-Cola. Drink up. to uh, amend the U.S. Constitution is Governor Gavin Newsom of California. What's he want to do? He wants to amend the Constitution, the proposed 28th Amendment, that will curb gun rights. He's fed up with the inaction on gun control. That's what he says. Governor Newsom unveiled the proposed 28th Amendment on Thursday that would implement common-sense gun safety measures he claims have widespread bipartisan support. It's not the issue, Governor. The issue is the constitutionality of it. Here's what he said. Our ability to make a more perfect union is literally written into the Constitution. So today, yesterday, he said, I'm proposing the 28th Amendment to the United States Constitution to do just that. The 28th Amendment will enshrine in the Constitution common-sense gun safety measures that Democrats, Republicans, independents, and gun owners overwhelmingly support, while leaving the Second Amendment unchanged and respecting America's gun-owning tradition. His proposal, and I haven't seen it yet, but it comes after the federal courts have delivered a series of victories for gun rights activists, led by the Supreme Court's landmark decision last year that struck down a century-old New York law that made it difficult to get a license to carry a concealed handgun. So his 28th Amendment would not abolish the Second Amendment. Second Amendment's the one that establishes our right to bear firearms for personal self-defense. However, it would raise the federal minimum age to purchase a firearm from 18 to 21. It would mandate universal background checks to purchase firearms, institute a waiting period for all gun purchases, and ban assault weapons. His proposed amendment would also affirm that Congress, states, and local governments can enact additional gun-controlled measures. Now, before you start shooting holes in this, let me let you hear the rest of it. Just in case you didn't know it, the Constitution can be amended by either Congress or a convention of states under Article 5 in the Constitution. 
Congress can pass a proposed amendment, and it takes a two-third vote in both the House and the Senate to do that, and then sending it to the states to ratify. With Republicans in control of the House and a 51-49 Democrat majority in the Senate, there is no chance that an amendment restricting gun rights is going to have enough support to pass through Congress. It just isn't going to happen. Instead, Newsom is calling for an Article 5 convention of states to convene and draft his proposed amendment. Two-thirds of the state legislatures must pass a resolution calling for a convention like this before it can convene to consider an amendment. If such a convention adopts a proposed amendment, it then heads back to the state legislatures to be ratified. Three-fourths of the states must ratify a proposed amendment for it to be added to the Constitution. That's a rare and very difficult feat that's only been accomplished 27 times in 240 years. Now, what's this all about? Gavin Newsom is not going to be able to get an amendment passed. It's just not going to happen. There have been calls for states to get together for proposed constitutional amendment hearings for decades. It hasn't happened. It's not going to happen now. So what's he doing? He's campaigning for president. He wants to be the write-in, if nothing else, but he wants to be the Democrat Party choice to run for president in 2024. He's not even trying to hide it. Gun rights groups, they were quick to condemn what Newsom is trying. We've always warned those who cherish their God-given liberties that the ultimate goal of anti-gunners was the abolishment of the Second Amendment. That's according to Eric Pratt, who's senior vice president of Gun Owners of America. While they often try to hide behind legislative proposals and hush open talk of abolishing the Second Amendment, here we have a potential future presidential candidate now coming out and openly admitting what we've wanted to do all along, Pratt said. GOA will strongly oppose this proposal as we work to protect and restore the Second Amendment rights of all Americans. Nothing, nothing but a political ploy. Gavin Newsom didn't get it. You remember a few weeks ago, a month and a half, maybe six weeks ago, he decided to take a trip to Florida. And he went out there and he was going and meeting with various people and groups. And, of course, he went to see the Disney folks when he was there because he's got Disneyland, the original park, in his state. So he knows the operation well. And he put out some ads while he was there, and he was trying to, I guess, test the water and see what real conservatives. Florida's full of them. In fact, Florida's got a bunch of people that left uh, Gavin Newsom's state to go down to Florida where it's cheaper to live and they don't have income tax. Novel idea, right? Newsom's being a politician. He's not being a governor. He's being a politician. And many who live in California, we've got a whole slew of them that are listening to the show right now. Many of them feel he is a horrible leader. And as bad as things have been for California for a long time, he's making them worse. Let's move on. What about this FBI thing? You remember when uh, Durham was appointed 
to look into the sources of the Russia collusion hoax. You remember when that happened? He was the pick, the favorite of Democrats. They raved about Durham, how independent he was and how he would do a fair investigation and we could trust him, yada, yada, yada. So the Durham report finally comes out. And the report faults the FBI for meddling in the 2016 and the 2020 elections by conducting a seriously flawed investigation of alleged collusion between the Donald Trump campaign and Russia. And this whole thing shocked many Americans. Now disappointed and angry with apparent politicization of the FBI, most Americans strongly support sweeping changes at the nation's top law enforcement agency. As the more complete record now shows, there are specific areas of Crossfire Hurricane, which was the FBI's covert investigation of the Trump campaign, in which the FBI badly underperformed and failed, not only in its duties to the public, but also in stopping the severe reputation harm that has befallen the FBI as a consequence of that investigation, Crossfire Hurricane. And that's that statement I just read to you is from John Durham in his own words in his report. In particular, this 306-page report, which I've read, it is scathing in its condemnation of the FBI's use of, quote, raw, unanalyzed, and uncorroborated intelligence in investigating allegations of Trump's collusion with Russia in the 2016 election. Did Durham's powerful message of FBI misconduct get through to the American people? Well, in this this month's online tip poll, it was taken from May 31 to June 2nd, 1,358 respondents were asked which of four possible actions to fix the FBI's problems or reform the agency they would support. Four. The first choice was the mildest possible response. Here's what it said. The FBI should be left alone. It's learned its lesson. Overall, just 15% of us selected this do-nothing response. Number two, that the FBI should be reformed by Congress to keep it from meddling in future elections. That one got the highest total. 39% said, yeah, I like that one. The third and the most draconian of all the possible actions was that the FBI should be shut down rebuilt from scratch because it can't be trusted to do its job. That one just got 24% of the overall tally. Not sure, 22 support, 22%. So looking at the numbers, it's not hard to see that the FBI has a big problem with 63% of all Americans either wanting serious congressional reform of the agency or closing it down and rebuilding it from the ground up, 63%. I don't care which side of the fence you live on. Those numbers are a serious indictment of the FBI. Even though the Durham report came up short in recommending any actual indictments of those in the FBI who were responsible. The fact that he didn't do that upset a lot of conservatives, and I'm one of those that got upset with it. I think those that were guilty of wrongdoing, there were no questions that they were guilty of wrongdoing. 
they should be held accountable. If you're a regular here, you know my opinion on accountability. I don't care who you are. When you break the rules, break the laws, try to do things outside of the laws, use the political system to further some kind of political cause outside of government, you should be held accountable to the fullest extent of what the law has set for any wrongdoing you've done. Just my opinion. And obviously, my opinion doesn't run parallel with the President of the United States' opinion because he doesn't give a rip about laws, period. I guess you heard, in fact, we played, let's see, we played it, what's today, Wednesday? Today's Thursday. Yesterday we played Tucker's new show. It's actually not really a show. It's a, a first edition yesterday of Tucker on Twitter. And he got rave reviews. The one we played yesterday, it's a segment. It was about 10 minutes long. If you missed it, go back and check. It's at the top, I believe. No, it's in the second hour of uh, yesterday's TNN Live. You can download it, get it from our website, or get it from your favorite podcast website. Tucker's former employer, that would be Fox News, they responded to that episode of his new Twitter show by notifying Tucker's lawyers he's violated his still active contract with Fox News. Shortly after Tucker posted the first episode of this new show on Twitter, Fox News General Counsel Bernard Gugar sent a letter to Carlson's lawyer saying Carlson is in breach of his contract. Now, this story is according to Axios. This evening, we were made aware of Mr. Tucker Carlson's appearance on Twitter in a video that lasted over 10 minutes. Pursuant to the terms of the agreement, Mr. Carlson's services shall be completely exclusive to Fox. That's what the lawyer's letter said. It adds that Carlson's contract says he's, quote, prohibited from rendering services of any type whatsoever, whether over the internet via streaming or similar distribution or other digital distribution, whether now known or hereafter devised. In connection with such breach and pursuant to the agreement, Fox expressly reserves all rights and remedies which are available to it at law or equity, the letter said. Even the lawyers are using the term equity. <laughs> According to Axios, which broke the story, all this matters because it sets Fox News up to explore potential legal action against Tucker. In other words, it opens the door to Fox to potentially sue him. But as you can imagine, Tucker ain't taking it lying down. So he replied in a statement to Axios, his lawyer said any legal action would violate his First Amendment rights. Here we go. Fox defends its very existence on freedom of speech grounds. Now they want to take Tucker Carlson's right to speak freely away from him because he took to social media to share his thoughts on current events. That's from Tucker's lawyer, Brian Friedman. All this comes two months after Carlson was unceremoniously fired from Fox News after the network settled with Dominion Voting Systems for $787 million. Since then, Carlson has accused Fox of fraud. He's argued that Fox breached his contract when its senior executives reneged on promises made to Carlson intentionally 
and with reckless disregard for the truth. Tucker's lawyers also argued Fox broke its promise to Tucker not to settle with Dominion voting systems in a way which would indicate wrongdoing on the part of the former host. Axios wrote that. Regarding Tucker's Twitter shows, his lawyers have also argued that Twitter isn't directly competitive with cable news, meaning his new show should pose no threat whatsoever to Fox. As for Fox News, a source told Axios, the network genuinely believes it's been acting in good faith toward Carlson, but the popular commenters' fans staunchly disagree, as you can imagine. It's almost like Donald Trump, and I'm not equating Tucker with Trump, not in any way or fashion, but let me tell you what's happening. It's not about Tucker. It's not about Donald Trump. It's about every conservative in the nation. The left either purposely, outwardly, literally, or figuratively have put a label on you. And they change the label. They try to make it worse every few weeks. You know, it was before it was a MAGA Republican, and then it was a evil MAGA extremist. And then they just amp it up and keep going and going and going. And now you're a white supremacist if you support Make America Great Again policies. This is what's happening. They are creating purposely, they being the left, including the President of the United States, who when he was campaigning in all three of his speeches publicly that he gave during his campaign, and I'm exaggerating, it may not have been three, it may have been two, because <laughs> he didn't give many. He told us very forcefully, I want to unite the American people. And I can't think of a single thing that he's done as president that is an attempt to try to unite the American people. In fact, he's the most divisive president in my lifetime. Nobody else is even close. And so the Democrat, the leader of the Democrat Party, is purposely creating a deeper divide between conservative members of his own party, if there are any of those left, now I would say they probably call that group moderates, and the far left, the AOC and company, the climate freaks, the totalitarian authoritarianists that are in the Democrat Party and pulling it heavy, heavy to the left. And the divide has become more and more cognizant. We see it. We know it. We understand it. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And I don't see anybody trying to do anything about it. I just don't get it. So what else is going on? Well, we've got a, a political candidate for president. And he goes on NBC, and it turns out kind of ugly. I can't think of another way to describe it better. Here, listen for yourself. How do you know it's that? Again, how do you know, are, are you confident that you know that gender uh, is uh, 
as binary as you're describing it? Are you confident that I it am. isn't a spectrum? I uh, am. You know I'm, this as a scientist? Well, there's there's two X chromosomes if you're a woman, an X and a Y. That means there's you're a man. There's a lot of so scientific research out this. there. There's a lot of scientific research out there that says gender is a spectrum. Chuck, I, I respectfully disagree. Gender dysphoria for most of our history, all the way through the DSM-5, has been characterized as a mental health disorder. And I don't think it's compassionate to affirm that. I think that's cruelty. When a kid is crying out for help, mm -hmm. what they're asking for is, you got to ask the question of what else is going wrong at home? What else is going wrong at school? Let's be compassionate and get to the heart of that, rather than playing this game as though we're actually changing right. our medical understanding but for the last I, I go hundred back. Yeah. That's good work by Vivek. And uh, I'm in a little Twitter spat with Vivek at the moment, which we're going to get to in a moment. But as you know, I like giving the devil his due. And when you do good work and you confront these guys and call them out on their nonsense, Chuck Todd knows there's a man and there's a woman. And then if you want to be a man who dresses like a woman and acts like a woman and names uh, yourself a, a female name as an adult, blah, 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 blah. Almost everybody is on board. You live in your life as you see fit. But that was a nice job of just clean, clear explanation by Vivek. You know, in my opinion, the book is still out on Vivek Ramaswamy. He is conservative. He's kind of a, I would call him an activist conservative. He's a true entrepreneur, a very successful man in business. And he's very conservative. I like him a lot. He's either Buddhist or Hindu, one of the two. I have a problem with that. But you know what? This is a nation where freedom of religion is part of our constitutional guarantee and no government agency is going to create or push or denigrate any religion whatsoever. Constitutionally, it's a violation. And so anybody can feel any way they want to religiously. Ramaswamy, he's good at one thing. Everything's black and white in his world. And he's quick to very succinctly and successfully, by the way, point out differences, which he just humiliated NBC's Chuck Todd there. He did a good job. Well, bad news, more bad news keeps piling up about COVID-19 vaccines. And for those of you that were vaccinated, got boosted, this is not to get you afraid. It's to let you know what's going on out there. Eight people who died suddenly after they got a messenger RNA COVID-19 vaccine have died because a type of vaccine-induced heart inflammation called myocarditis, this is according to South Korean authorities after they reviewed autopsies. Now, we knew myocarditis was a side effect. We knew that. We knew all the way through it it was one of those effects, one of those adverse reactions that some people who got vaccinated had. But we hadn't been hearing about deaths from myocarditis, COVID-19 vaccine-related. Here's what we were told. Dr. Kai-Hoon Kim from South Korea said vaccine-related myocarditis was the only possible cause of death in these people. All of the sudden cardiac deaths occurred in people 45 years old or younger, including one 33-year-old man who died just a day after he got his second dose of Moderna's vaccine and a 30-year-old woman who died three days after she got the first dose of Pfizer's shot. Myocarditis wasn't suspected as a clinical diagnosis or cause of death, 
before the autopsies, but the autopsies proved myocarditis that happened because of COVID vaccinations was the official cause of death. 13 other deaths were recorded among those who experienced myocarditis after COVID vaccination, but no autopsy results were detailed. Some of those who died had received AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine. The results show we've got a need for careful monitoring or warning of sudden cardiac death as a potentially fatal complication of COVID vaccination, especially in individuals ages under 45 years who get the mRNA vaccination. Study was funded by the South Korean government. Dr. Andrew Boston, a retired professor of medicine in the U.S. who wasn't involved in the research, he said the results emphasized why mandating and promoting vaccines for younger Americans was wrong. These are people who ostensibly did not need the vaccine, Boston said. That's what adds insult to injury. Pfizer, Moderna, and the FDA haven't commented about this news that came out yesterday, and we'll keep you posted on that. Public schools, they constantly stay in the news, and you know why. There is so much stuff going on that directly impacts the schools that our kids are in, public schools especially. Report out that Muslim and Christian parents gathered outside the headquarters of Montgomery County Public Schools in Maryland two days ago to protest the school board's new policy that does not allow parents to opt out of having their kids taught with LGBTQ materials. The protest against this new policy was organized by Family Rights for Religious Freedom and Moms for Liberty. Counter-protesters showed up to the event as well to show support for the policy. The opt-out policy originally allowed moms and dads to choose whether or not they wanted their kids to learn gender identity lessons in school. These protests come amidst multiple lawsuits from parents against the Maryland uh, County Public School System for the policy disallowing opt-outs. The lawsuit alleges the policy is a violation of the First Amendment. The school board allowed 30 members from each side of the protest to enter the school board meeting where things got a bit heated. One protester and former MCPS student against the policy can be heard in a video from independent journalist Ford Fisher saying freedom of religion is a fundamental human right. She went on to say that this freedom was under attack, saying churches, synagogues, mosques, religious organizations, and individuals face increasing restrictions as they participate in the public square, express their beliefs, or serve in society. Counter-protested and screamed secular schools and held up signs that read, our rights are not up for debate. Videos shared by Fisher showed a small child speaking to the school board who identified as pansexual. Pansexual saying, we deserve to have books in our schools that teach people about LGBTQ. Parental rights activist Azra Nomani shared video comparing the crowd sizes of these protesters and counter-protesters outside the school board meeting, saying the woke army is not alive anymore. In other words, 
the protesters were much greater in number than were the anti-protesters. Along this line, you know who Harris Faulkner is. African-American, she hosts The Five on Fox News, their midday show. She's a very outspoken Christian. And she came out, she was very blunt, and she said this, the Lord has determined I am a woman and my pronouns are U-S-A. She was blunt. While she took her turn in former host Tucker Carlson's time slot on Tuesday this week, pointing out that evil abounds in America these days, our enemies are feasting on our weaknesses and proclaiming she is a woman. Quote, we are in a spiritual fight for the soul of America, and if you think that's not true, take a look around at what's going on. The devil has gotten into some people, she said. And the worst part of experiencing our country ripping at the seams is that our enemies are massing, feasting on the tastiness of our weaknesses. For one, look at our president, she charged. She then played a string of video clips showing President Biden falling down multiple times, not being able to put his own coat on, and looking lost on stage repeatedly. Faulkner also showed Biden engaging in gaffes over and over again and tossing word salads worthy of Vice President Kamala Harris. I'm not sure there's anything to say. God bless him and God bless all of us because he is supposed to be the very best of us. And what we just watched, she said, is a fraction of what China, Iran, Russia, all of them and the like see. Added to our citizens that are breaking us, and if you're an independent or a conservative, look at the quieting you've suffered in social media alone. A billionaire had to take over Twitter to wrest it from hands of liberals employed by corporate liberals, liberals who hate you. Then Faulkner made her own viewpoint on a gender issue abundantly clear while proclaiming her patriotism at the same time. Quote, and women and children are being redesigned by some sort of mad leftist science experiment. It's as though people on the left have more free time than anyone else. They want to acronym and pronoun us to death. Well, know this. The Lord has determined I am a woman and my pronouns are U-S-A. She also addressed the ongoing attack on the Christian faith here in America during the show. She claimed she'd been kicked out of a restaurant at one point for simply bowing her head and praying before she ate. We're the greatest nation on the earth, she said. And that triggered unhinged hatred from the left on social media. Right now, we need to remind some folk that we belong in our divinely given place. We didn't just stumble here. We are a nation under God. And she called on Christians to be bold in our faith right now. When you gather in public spaces, pray thankfully over your food. Even when the server gives you the stink eye or tells a manager that your peaceful grace is triggering them. Had it happened to me, I've been asked to leave a restaurant for openly bowing my head in prayer. In America, it's all good. They don't deserve my money anyway. It's very unusual. I thought this was uh, one thing that we needed to let you hear about. It's actually happening. That's one of the biggest of the crew 
that anchor shows on Fox News. Well, here's another one about a Fox News crew. The Five, that's the one that's at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 4 o'clock Central Time, my time, but Five in New York. The co-host Greg Gutfeld, he gave props to the president for choosing Vice President Harris as his running mate in 2020 because she is arguably much worse than he is, which takes a lot of effort, according to Gutfeld. The assessment of Harris, it came in response to Republican presidential contender Nikki Haley when she claimed that if Biden somehow gets reelected in 2024, Harris will almost certainly wind up being president. I think everybody's trying to cover up for Biden because they think he's the only one that can beat Trump. That's ridiculous. I am telling you, we've got to get past having all of these people that are older in D.C. We've done that long enough. We need term limits. We need mental competency tests for people over the age of 75. I don't care if we do it for people over the age of 50, but these are people that need to be at the top of their game. They're making decisions on our national security. They're making decisions on our children's economic future. We can't continue down this path. And that's from Nikki Haley, former South Carolina governor, former UN ambassador, and she's running for president. Let's be very clear if they think it's going to be President Biden, a vote for President Biden, it's actually a vote for President Harris. We're running against Kamala Harris. Make no bones about it. The New York Times knows it. Every liberal knows it. They know it's Kamala Harris that's going to end up being president of the United States if Joe Biden wins the 2024 election. Biden is, he's being assailed on every side over his age, his physical, his mental competency, his physical condition. Gutfeld and fellow co-host Jesse Waters both went after Biden on the issue. It's just getting played ugly. People are saying it is what it is, and we are not going to change it. We're going to keep telling the facts. And as more and more of us do that, more and more truth is going to come out. Well, thank you for being here today and every day. It's been a good one. We filled in with a lot of good information. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow morning at 9. Thank you for being part of the TNN Live family. There used to be a gray and tower alone on the sea. dark side of me Love remains a drug that's the high and not the pill But did you know that when it snows my eyes become large and the light that you shine can't be seen
much a man can tell me, so much he can say. Won't you tell me is that healthy, baby? Did you know that when it snows, my eyes become large and the light that you shine can't be seen? So much a man can tell me, so much he can say. You remain my power, my pleasure, my pain. To me, you're like a grown addiction that I can't deny. Now, won't you tell me, is that healthy, baby? But did you know that when it snows, my eyes become a large and the light that you shine can't be seen. the glue on the